This is the Invest Midwest podcast, where I talk to all types and kinds of Cleveland real estate investors about how they got started, where they're at now, and where they're going. I'm Andrew Duna, your host and real estate agent. If you're looking to buy or sell an investment property, my info is in the show notes. And now, on to the episode. I think we should just jump into it. Um, Gus, if you wouldn't mind letting everybody know where you're at in your investment journey right now. Yeah, so um, my name is Gus Kazik. Um, real estate investor slash agent with Remax Haven Realty and the Azam Group here in Cleveland, Ohio. A um, couple years into it, I've got uh, seven properties now uh, here in Northeast Ohio. Um like to do a lot of value add, buy them dilapidated or in these of repairs, uh, you know, fix it up, put it, make it stable, put a nice stable tenant in place and, um, you know, refinance down the line. It's kind of what I'm looking for. Um, but I do a lot of sales mostly and I try to pick up some investment deals along the way. Kind of give you the broad overview of my day to day. Nice. Uh, okay. And so you said seven properties. How many units is that? Yeah, so I have a triplex, um, two duplexes, and then the rest are single family. So th- three plus four, that's what? That's seven plus another four, 11. 11 total rentable units. Not all of them are rented, but um, they're, they're getting close to con- Some of them are in process. The other ones are rented. I'd say, I think, seven out of the 11 are rented right now. Seven out of eleven, and so uh, are the other ones not rented right now because you're renovating, or is it just vacancy right now? Yeah, they're they're um, they're also being renovated. So, um, gotcha. just some odds and ends, button up stuff, turnover tenancies, uh, getting some paint. So they're they're in the process of that. Gotcha. Okay, and then so if we go back to the beginning, what got you initially interested in real estate? Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, Prior to my real estate experience, I was a civil engineer with a large consulting firm here in Cleveland, working on utility projects like stormwater, wastewater, wastewater treatment plant um, upgrades. And uh, as I was doing that, I wanted to, you know, I was really into bigger pockets at the time and um, fell in love with the idea of house hacking. So I bought my first triplex on uh, West 115th here in Cleveland, close on the border of Lakewood and uh, Edgewater. Nice little area pocket. Um, I needed everything. I, I did everything to that property: roof, windows, gutted both, all three kitchens and baths, uh, updated electrical furnaces, uh, you name it. Pretty much built a new house out of it. Um, and I, you know, I spent a year and a half of my time outside of work when I was still working as a civil engineer, fixing up this property pretty much every day. Um, just learning it, and you know, lived in one unit and rented out the other two, and. I saw the power of real estate, how it could subsidize my living, but all, um, you know, instead of paying rent or mortgage on a single family home that I live in, I was able to live rent free and, um, you know, make a little cash after the fact, after everything was paid for too with the, the rental income. And so that's what really got me hooked. And then, so how long was it, um, from when you wanted to house hack until you actually purchased? Um, yeah, so when I, it was probably, I worked as an engineer for three years, um, you know, right out of college, it it took me a year to, to work and, 
uh, saving up enough money for the down payment. So it took me about a year of just learning and, you know, working at a job and saving up some money to put down on a house uh, before I made the first purchase. Gotcha. Okay. And then, um, so that was uh, just conventional financing for that house or FHA? Uh, actually, it was FHA loan. Um, funny enough, um, my credit history was too, I guess, uh, they said too um, adolescent. It wasn't like a long, I didn't have a long enough credit history. So I got bumped down from conventional to FHA, even though I had a good credit score of, uh, I think it was like 720 at the time. Uh, I just didn't have a good enough length of credit history for my lender, so uh, I had to go the FHA route with it, which worked out a little bit better for me. Gotcha. Okay. And then, so you worked on the project yourself, and um, you taught yourself construction? Yeah, I had the help of my dad um, a lot. He was a rough and carpenter for 12 years, and then he was uh, he's a retired architect now, so he uh, he would help me on the weekends, and point me through all the obstacles of renovating a house, um, you know, learn from a man who's built many houses. So um, that was my first time really doing it and, you know, learning as I go, but also having a helping hand when I needed it. Sure. Copy that. And then um, you were an engineer and how many more properties did you purchase while you were uh, an engineer? Um, Zero. So I didn't make my, next purchase until I became, uh, I got my real estate license. I left engineering after three years and then, uh, I fully immersed myself in real estate, you know, helping other people invest, um, you know, kind of getting the learning curve up to speed on how to, uh, you know, source contractors and put bids into place and have properties fixed up and built a little bit of, uh, um, kind of a, I don't know, a little bit more experience there. Um, you know, helping other clients and that really helped my learning curve for my, uh, investing, um, side as well. So once I got a, about six to eight months of that, I bought another one. And then ever since I've been selling houses and simultaneously buying some that kind of criteria. How are you finding most of these properties that you are investing in? Right. It's, um, I'm all, you know, not all of them have come from the same lead source, um, I've been doing a lot out of off-market acquisitions, so nothing from the MLS. Nothing has come from the MLS since my first one. Um, I've bought a few from direct mail. I, I do that for you know clients, trying to find properties for them. But if I stumble upon something that I like, um, I'll take it down as well. So direct mail has been a good source. Uh, word of mouth, you know, doing doing some deals uh, for clients, and the seller reaches back out, says, "Hey, I have another one." I'm looking to sell. Um, I've bought two that way. Um, people just have, you know, some in their portfolio they're looking to get rid of that need uh, need some re- extensive rehab. Nothing that's too turnkey like my clients like. So um, I would I would do that. So word of mouth and direct mail are the the two kind of lead sources gotcha. that I I've got the other deals from. Nice. And then, uh, what neighborhood are you mostly looking to invest in? Right. I, I like to keep, uh, I have about three or four main um, areas that I like to uh, invest in. I like the Lakewood Edgewater area. I like West Boulevard, 44111. Um, I like Old Brooklyn, 44109. And then right now I'm really into Euclid. So there's there's three zip codes over there. But uh, Euclid, 
West Boulevard, Old Brooklyn, and then Lakewood Edgewater are kind of my, my farm areas, I would say. And then what kind of metrics do you look for uh, and what's typically the play? So you mentioned it's typically a, a burr. Right. I like to, I like to purchase about, um, you know, 50% of the after repair value on a home. So if a home's going to appraise for 200,000, I'm going to buy it at a hundred. Hopefully my rehab's going to be, you know, 20%. So, you know, for example, this, if this house is 200 K, I want my rehab to be 40 grand or under. And then, um, I'm looking to refinance at 75% loan to value. So, uh, you know, put a long-term loan at say like 150 after uh-huh. it's all said and done after I purchased it, put the rehab in and then I'm ready to go refinance. What kind of financers are you using? What kind of lending? Um, are there any private lenders that you could recommend in the area? Right. So institutionally, no, I haven't used any private lenders. I, I um, you know, guys that do this full time, it's more of just friends and family um, that I've been raising money from to kind of purchase these homes. Um, my, my uncle's pretty successful in real estate and he, he's got some reserves that, um, if the deal makes sense, he'll lend on. So I've been using him as a resource, uh, you know, to buy these properties. And then, you know, a couple other ones, like, a, you know, for example, I have a chiropractor that lent on my first one, actually, of the private money side. Um, just a chiropractor I knew. Growing up, he had some uh, excess cash, and I said, hey, you know, the stock market's not looking too um, stable right now. I have this really stable property I'm looking to rehab, and, you know, I think it'd be a good opportunity for you to, you know, help me buy this house and also for you to make a solid return on your your money just sitting in the bank. So it's just kind of private money people I know and friends and family is what I've been using. Sure. Okay. And then, so that's typically for the short-term financing. Um, what do you typically use for your long-term financing? Because right, I know yeah. with uh, being a realtor, your your taxes and your reported income can get tricky. With uh, right, yeah. So yeah, with conventional. So I've uh, I've I've used a uh, asset-based lender. So these are people that look at just the house itself and how much money it's making per month to lend on it. Uh, you know, making sure it's renting well. And they're looking at the income it makes versus what the the note is. So um, there's a lot of benefits to it. Obviously, not being uh, you know being a realtor just shy of two years now. My, um, my returns are, are tricky, and they look for the two years of stability. But I did work three years as an engineer, so they take that as well. They just look for the past two years of income. But um, asset based lender has been working really well. Um, I don't have to wait a seasoning period of six months for, you know, the conventional loan. So I like to get into these properties, try to get me done in three months and then, you know, look to refinance soon after. So it, it helps with, um, you know, me being a realtor, not having two years of W or uh, 1099s and tax returns. It also helps with uh, a quicker turnaround on these properties. So I've been using an asset base, base lender for these long-term debts. And then with the asset base, do they, so I'm guessing, of course, they're taking a look at you as a whole as the borrower um, and your other assets, uh, but is it mostly just based off of the specific property you're looking to to put the long-term debt on? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, in the, in the beginnings, they're going to look at my credit worthiness, and then we've built some rapport over time, and now they're just kind of looking at the property itself. So we've kind of got past that initial phase. It's 
I felt like a conventional loan at first when I first used them, but um, now that we built some rapport, done some business, they know that you know I'm I'm a good client and we work well together, and they're just looking at each house off now moving forward. Sure. And then is that still going to be a 30-year loan at, at what interest rate are you looking at for those? Yeah. Um, you know, for example, I'm, I'm refinancing one of them right now. Um, I got locked in at a 5.74% uh, APR for uh, 30 years. And then, but the terms are different. It's a 10-year 10, 10 balloon. Um, meaning that the notes due in, in 10 years, but it's amortized over 30 years. So I'm going to have to refinance in 10. There's some other terms in there, but, um, there's prepayment penalties. If I pay within five, if I pay the loan off within five years, gotcha. Uh, amortize, yeah. Amortize over 30 and it's due in 10. Copy that. And, uh, how did you actually end up finding that, that lender? Um, just through one of the clients I've worked with. Um, you know, being a realtor, he, he used them, um, and referred me over to them. So, uh, and they're local to here, Northeast Ohio. So, which is great. Nice. Do you know if they might lend to out of state, uh, buyers? Uh, yes, actually. So one of my clients is an out of state buyer and that's who he referred me to. Uh, oh, so. Wonderful. Is, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, with all your units, how do you manage them? Uh, right now, I am managing them myself. Uh, I don't have professional management in place, even though I work side by side with a professional management company uh, at Remax. Uh, I'm just currently managing them by myself. Okay. I have some systems in place, but as of right now, uh, it's manageable for myself. But there's going to be a tipping point where I'm probably going to go to professional management. Sure. And uh, what tips and tricks do you have for self-management, or any systems you have in place? Yeah, just um, first and foremost is setting up like an automated payment method with, with the tenants. Um, that's been helpful to help me track everything. Um, so I, I use Square, just like any restaurant or bar would use. And I have the, have all my tenants kind of set up like a direct draft from their from their bank accounts. Uh, it goes hand in hand with like QuickBooks as well. So it helps me kind of keep organized and manage all my expenses and uh, income from those properties so you know try to you try to use the latest and greatest technology to help me keep systemized and do more of the work for me so then square you just kind of create your own online portal and then they enter their information in there yeah exactly so um well not they don't create their own portal they they have to sign up and then just do sign up for reoccurring monthly payments for 12 months and then just link their bank account just kind of like a paypal uh, essentially and then any tips for managing Cleveland tenants specifically? Um, I mean, in the in city of Cleveland in general, uh, the biggest thing is the, the lead certification. So if you're a registered rental unit, I would uh, recommend getting the lead certification done as well. It's, it's a requirement. You know, if, if you're looking to rent out a space to a, a client or a tenant, you need that. And also if you go down the path of eviction, um, you can't evict anybody without the lead certification. So that's all throughout the city of Cleveland. That's, that's definitely something I would take care of if you're going to invest in the city of Cleveland itself. There's other, um, you know, suburbs of Cleveland that people invest in, like I'm in Euclid, 
they don't require the lead certification. So I don't do it there because I don't need it. But within the city of Cleveland, like you need the lead certification. Okay. Uh, and then what's next for you? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm going to continue to, to grow as an agent. Uh, first and foremost, I love being an agent, helping other people invest. Um, and uh, just continue down the path of finding some value-add properties in my farm areas uh, right now. I have some, some goals I want to meet, but just continue to sell to clients and continue to buy some more uh, some more properties. And then what would be the best way for uh, any listeners to reach out to you? Yeah, um, pretty good with email. My email is gus at theazamgroup.com. That's G-U-S at T-H-E-A-Z-Z-A-M group.com. There I could set you up. We could uh, schedule a call and kind of talk to you about how we can get you started investing in real estate here in Cleveland. Nice. Cool. Well, thank you very much for sharing your tips and tricks. And then who else could you maybe recommend that would be good for the show? Um, Yeah, I think there's a, um, you know, I think lending is kind of a big part of it. You know, a lot of my clients are typically, um, you know, using conventional financing and looking for tips and tricks on how to, you know, do different different loans and uh, investment loans in specific. So I think Aaron Perkins with Fairway Mortgage Corporation uh, would be a good one. He's my preferred lender for a lot of my clients that I work with looking to use conventional financing. Uh, I think he'd be a great resource and he works hand in hand with a lot of our our team at the museum group for, for financing investment properties. So he knows he has a good pulse on that stuff. And that's a big topic was interest rates and how people are overcoming those rising interest rates. And then, so what would um, fairway mortgage, what would be their advantage or how do they typically help uh, your investors better than other lenders? Yeah, they have a couple different options. They, they have, uh, you know, they have rehab loans and, you know, there might be some properties that are value add. And many people don't have the, the access capital on top of the down payment to pay for the, uh, the rehab. So they do conventional rehab loans. So they kind of bundle the purchase price and the rehab amount all into one loan and use that to your advantage to, you know, buy some properties that you might not have qualified for in the past based on your buying power. I think it's a really big benefit. We've been seeing that a lot lately is combining the uh, conventional with the construction. Awesome. Awesome. I appreciate your time. And then um, I'm sure I'll see you at basketball soon. Absolutely, my man. Appreciate it. We'll chat soon. All right. Sounds good. Have a good day. You too. Bye.